Okay, you have two big announcements to make before we start. Yeah, so um, right before I got on here, uh, I got a text uh, from a client that I've been with for almost 10 years in August named Ruben Joseph. Um, he's on the site, he's written a testimonial. Uh, last year he was on the Ravens um, for in the NFL. He went to do a physical upon a trade to the Cleveland Browns and they found a bone chip in his elbow. So uh, they nullified the physical. He went and got a simple surgery and now the Miami Dolphins signed him. Um, so that's a huge accomplishment for him. I'm super proud of him. Um, I'm so excited. And um, I just, you know, well, we've been together for so long and to see somebody, um, you know, have successes like this and be able to bounce back and get a new opportunity um, after something that kind of stunk um, to get him off the Ravens when, you know, he was in a great position to be with them for the entire year. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, you know, what he does. I'm super proud of him and want to congratulate him on that and make sure everybody knew. Um, I'm sure it'll be up on the blog very shortly just so everyone can kind of view the article and stuff. But uh, congratulations to you, bud. Um, secondly, um, tomorrow, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be Monday, but tomorrow, uh, Saturday, uh, another client, Th uh, Thaly Mendoza, um, competes in the Nationals, the Nike Nationals in Utah. So her and Coach Olson, uh, our strength conditioning specialists, are out there together. Um, you know, her uh, blog post is already up there. She's been super successful, qualified at two different weight classes. Um, and, you know, she'll be dropping down, and this is a pretty serious competition. There's some, you know, really, really talented lifters um, and Olympic people have been training for a long time under the age of 25 that she'll be competing with. So, you know, we hope her, her the best. Uh, there's a lot on the line, um, and, and we feel like we really have her in the right frame of mind and where she needs to be for this competition. So, you know, we're very we're looking forward to, you know, what she does tomorrow, and we'll have the live stream up on, on Saturday. Uh, so hopefully everyone checks in after reading the blog post yesterday. I know you recently received this question. How can a parent or guardian support their child in sport? Okay, yes, yeah, so this is a good question. I did recently receive this. Um, you know, first I'll say the child and parent dynamic is, is, is quite different for everybody. Um, you know, I was an athlete who I knew my dad had knowledge in the sport. Um, and I always wanted him present for my games, not so much from a coaching standpoint, but for like um, if I was put into a situation that I wasn't familiar with before. So like such as, you know, I always for there's always this time I remember where um, my father had to stay late at work and, and I asked to pitch. Uh, I was asked to pitch a game by a coach and I was never really a pitcher. Uh, I never had the strongest arm arm developed over time. Um, so I was on the mound and I, I remember I gave up two or three runs right in the first inning. There was always this. Um, there's this player's name, I'm not going to say his name just because I don't have media credentials for it, but he he was like the bane of me. No matter what, I could never get him out. Uh, he always hit a ground ball to the left of me if I went left, to the right of me if I went right. Um, and I was so shook up for it, and my father wasn't there, and it had an effect on me. So. Like, you know, there's people, athletes like that, who just want their, you know, parents present for, you know, support to look at in a downtime. Um, you know, there's athletes where, like my brother, who didn't want my parents around at all. You know, he felt like my father talked too much and, and he didn't he didn't want them, he didn't want my father there. They would actually get in arguments on the field because, you know, my father would try and invest in coach in, in the game. Um, and my brother hated that. So, so every athlete is a little bit different in, in the type of the support and, and role they want from their parent. Um, and then, you know, also kind of every parent is different in terms of, you know, like knowledge, uh, um, you know, is it a sport they played, you know, um, 
does can your mom relate her playing softball to um, you playing baseball? Um, can she relate to football? Because that's a, a sport now that females are starting to be able to come and play. But you know, at the time of you know what my age was, and, and then now there was really no female in football. So can your mother relate, who didn't get to play football, never really watch it, to what you're doing um, in, in the sport of football? So the dynamics are a little bit different. Um, you know, I'll kind of go over the basic things here. That I think ten topics that kind of go hand in hand, regardless of athlete, regardless of coach, regardless of parent. Um, but there's definitely you know um, deeper ways to indulge uh, in this question based on you know the different dynamics um, that are set up in family in terms of support like that. So the first thing I think is important is emotional support, right? So there's going to be highs, um, you know, victories, great performances, and there's going to be lows, bad games, um, bad performances. Um, and, you know, typically a child goes to the parent for emotional support, no matter what it is, whether it's in, in sport or in life, you know, um, you're having hopefully an unbiased opinion, you know, friends aren't, are not making an opinion of you so that you feel embarrassed talking to them about it. Uh, you don't want a coach to bench you if you tell him something that, you know, is going on in your mind or, or et cetera. So typically you go to your parents. So you want to make sure you have emotional support um, and that, you know, when your child comes to you um, to have a discussion with you about, you know, his performance, if it's bad, or great, you know, you're there to support it because there's going to be highs and lows. There's no doubt about it. Um, and then, you know, part of that, you know, emotional support is, you know, making sure it's not based on performance, right? Um, you know, we all don't have the, the MVP child. We all don't have LeBron James and Derek Jeter uh, and those guys. And, and you know, there's, there's guys that just play it for fun and recreation because they enjoy it. So not to base your opinion and um, your emotions off of their performances. Um, and, um, you know, make sure it's unbiased. Um, and also, you know, what kind of goes on to that, and I'll talk about that a little bit later, is like outcome. So like, you know, just because, um, you know, the outcome is a loss and, and um, you know, they finished dead last in the race, but they wanted to beat a mile time um, that they had set for themselves. That used to be eight minutes and they wanted to do it in 7.30 and they do it in 7.25. Um, you know, that should be emotionally supported because, you know, that, that was their goal. It doesn't matter, they finished dead last, they got to beat their personal time. Um, that they were, you know, investing their time in and a goal they had set for themselves. Okay, number two uh, is kind of what I just spoke about in the last one, but, you know, effort um, and goals um, as opposed to outcome goals. So what I mean by that is an outcome goal, um, if in, in a team sport, it would be, you know, with the outcome of the game, win or loss. If it's in an individual sport, you know, swimming, golf, tennis, um, did you win or lose the match? Where did you finish? Uh, running, uh, a track meet, a marathon, anything like that. Did you finish dead last in the race? So, you know, focusing kind of like what I talked about last time, if, you know, your son or daughter's goal is to finish, uh, you know, beat an eight-minute mile and their goal is 7.50 and they beat it, you know, focus, make sure the focus is on that, the effort they're putting in to beat the 750. Just because they finished last in the golf tournament, if they want to break a 90 this time, um, you know, when they were competing, make sure, you know, you focus on them getting that 88. Uh, it, it's important to them. Um, you know, you're going to come across times, and kind of I explained this in another video, you could be an elite rec athlete, an, an elite, you know, high school athlete, elite intermediate athlete, elite professional athlete. Um, at some point in time, you're going to meet other athletes that are just as skilled. Um, you're going to get to a state championship tournament where there's 32 wrestlers in your weight class you know depending on what state you are but we'll, you know we'll use the state I'm from so there's 16 to 32 wrestlers in your weight class they're just as talented as you are so you know 
it, it, it's just as important and, and valued if you just wanted to make sure you placed in the tournament and be one of the top six wrestlers in a state that you value finishing sixth place. Um, and just because they finish first doesn't mean it, you know it's the end of the world. So you know having you know you know just making sure that you. Um, are really invested in their effort and, and what their personal goals are, you know, for the match, the game that they are in, and, and you know, what they're shooting for and, and striving to accomplish themselves. Uh, three would be communication, communicating um, on involvement in the sport. So, you know, this is a very big one. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, what their goals are. Um, and know know what's going on there. So you know they you want them to go be a pro football player, um, but they just want to quit after high school and, and enroll in something academically and, and go on with their lives in a professional academic um, job and setting, and not be a professional football player. Um, you know you want them to play football because that's what you played, um, but they love baseball more and they want to continue on in baseball. Um, you know make sure that it's their goals. Um, that you're communicating and supporting and you know what their goals are and it's not your goals that you want them to strive and achieve and accomplish because you know that will make them kind of go against you know the sport that they're playing and kind of taking fun and enjoyment out of that so you know you want to make sure that you know your child is attaining their goals um, you know and you're supporting their goals and communicate on, on what those goals are and what they're trying to achieve and um, you know not your goals and making your goals the primary of what they're doing because then the fun ends up coming out of the sport and you're losing kind of their support because they don't want to achieve what your goals may be. Uh, the fourth thing uh, I would say is behavior uh, which goes hand in hand with body language um, so like consistency um, a bad game are you punishing somebody for a bad game are you rewarding somebody only for a good game um, is their sportsmanship being rewarded so which would lead to almost like a life thing like you know uh, your child opens the door holds the door open for somebody entering a restaurant you know that's manners that you start earning a respect level those are the things that should be rewarded and really hit home about like being like sportsmanship right not um, rewarding them just because they won a game just because they went three for three just because they had 30 points or just because they had a touchdown you know you want to be consistent um, body language uh, like I kind of mentioned in, in the introduction of this is you know um, every time something happens and you, and you look at your parent in the crowd how's their body language are they waving their arms are they upset about your performance um, you know are they going crazy and talking to scouts about you because you threw a touchdown pass so you know consistent behavior because you know your child's gonna watch your body language and you want to make sure it's positive uh, not negative because again after that game um, you know how your body language relates and kind of how you consistently treat them behaviorally is how they're gonna you know either talk to you or avoid you after that game uh, the fifth would be understanding their passion um, and their, their sport. So um, an another thing I kind of mentioned earlier, but it's, it needs to have its own separate category. Um, you know, how can your child feel like they could go to you for support if you don't understand what they're doing? Um, what happened in the game? So, you know, a common theme I hear a lot is, you know, like, I would like to talk to somebody about it, but they don't understand what's going on, you know. Um, I go 0 for 4 and, and strike out four times, and um, then I go out off the field and I hear, you know, great game uh, from my mother or father because they don't know what striking out four times is. Obviously, I know how to have bad game if they can't, you know, support me or understand, you know, what I did in the game that was poor. Um, it's kind of a drawback for, you know, me going to speak with them. So that's a common theme. So, you know, you don't have to be like this over the top, like, you know, throwing out statistics over 15 
15 years of the sport. But, you know, understanding the basics of if they're, if they're passionate about fun, football, understanding the basics of football, you know, how to score a touchdown, you know, what their role is on the field, you know, are they a linebacker that is going after the running back, uh, a tackling, are they a coverage linebacker where they need to sit in a zone and they, and they might miss the zone, uh, you know, a defensive back covering somebody, receiver going to catch a pass, a quarterback throwing a pass, a running back running through certain holes. So just kind of understanding their role in their sport and, and the basics of the sport um, so that they feel that you're a support system after, whether in good or in bad, you know, you know why they did good and you know why they did bad. Um, and then, you know, they feel more comfortable going to you because you understand what, what's going on. They have knowledge or you have knowledge in what's going on. And then, you know, they feel like they can go for, go to you for, you know, a knowledge standpoint to have a conversation about how they did on, on that given day or, you know, in that given tournament. Uh, the sixth thing would be valuing, um, bettering themselves and not being better than somebody else. So you want to put value in, um, you know, their goals and how they're trying to get better, um, what the work they're putting in to get better. You don't want them to better themselves, say, you know, you need to do this because this is what LeBron James does. You know, you need to do this because, you know, Aaron Rodgers released a, 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 uh, an article about his training methods. Um, so you want to make sure that they're, you know, the value of better themselves. Socially in sport, it's a great avenue for social setting, um, you know, performance-wise. There's a lot of factors that go into sport, so you want to make sure that you place emphasis on the value of them better themselves and not, um, you know, putting value on them bettering to be a better player at a current level because everybody is different in that way and I'll kind of talk about that later on in a category I feel is also important um, but you know placing value on your child bettering themselves um, not being better than another athlete you know it's tough to be better than LeBron James he's probably the best player we're going to ever see in this generation so to continue to say well you need to be better because you're not LeBron James um, that doesn't get anybody anywhere um, you know he's talented he puts in hard work uh, I mean his body is just a complete specimen so you know you're putting value on something that it's nearly impossible for many to ever achieve in this entire world and possibly in our lifetime um, so the value on bettering oneself to the best of their abilities their capabilities their peak performance um, you know not putting value on them to be somebody else the seventh thing um, is to steer away from being the pre-game on post-game authoritative coach. Uh, what I mean by that is, so look, when we have a bad game, we know we had a bad game. The last thing in the world that we want is a lecture for the hour ride home, okay? That just, it, it completely makes a big rift. Um, it's a completely bad situation. Um, and then, you know, you, we feel like we have zero support um, from your family member. And it is, is literally top, probably worst thing that you could do to be a supportive parent. Um, it is a common theme I hear all the time. Uh, listen, I was done with the game. I knew I sucked. And then I, I, I got a speech about all the things I could have done better, what I could have done differently, how I could have done differently. You know, the, the, the athlete already knows what they did. They did, they did bad, what they did poor, what they could have improved on. You know, they don't need an authoritative, you know, coaching method all the way on the hour, 15-minute drive down the Garden State Parkway till they get home. Uh, it, it's just, it just doesn't help anything. The same goes for, you know, you're so invested in the pregame authoritation, like, you know, 
know, um, they overdrew their account for for gas like two weeks ago. And, and since you're so invested and you're nervous about the competition, you're going to go give them a speech about how they overdrew, you know, the gas card two weeks later before the competition. Now, you're, you know, it's an authoritative thing. You know, same thing on the ride to the to to the performance. You know, oh, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. You know, you're not even seeing how the game is breaking down the strategies that are going on. So how would you know what needs to be done there when you don't even know what's breaking down? So it's just, it, it's literally the biggest rift. It's it's the worst one. Uh, you know, it, it, same thing authoritative coaching is punishing. So the person goes over three and now they're grounded for the week because they had a bad performance. You know, that's that's authoritative coaching, lecturing. It is, it'll be the biggest rift and it's the worst thing you could do to be a supportive parent. Uh, the eighth one would be emphasis on fun. Now, um, kind of I spoke about in the introduction, this is wavers a little bit in terms of, you know, um, rec and, and intermediate in high school could be fun. Um, when you get to professional level, uh, it should be fun because to be doing your passion and to excel at your peak performance, you need to still be having fun. Uh, with that being said, you know, that ends up getting to a level where it's a job and, and you know, you're kind of your life is on the line if you get cut or not. So it wavers a little bit as you get higher in, in the sport realm. Um, but you know, for what's kind of speaking, especially what our company focuses on is, is student athletes. So, you know, make sure the emphasis is, is on fun, right? You you want to be passionate about what you do in your job realm. It's something I always tell people when I do career mentoring, right? If you hate your job, you know, you're kind of wasting your, your life away a little bit. Try to find another route, something you're passionate about. Start over. Do do what you have to do there. Um, you know, if, if their current job is... Uh, you know, playing high school football, and they're not passionate about. It, they're not having fun. They will. There is no way that they can perform at their peak performance. So you know, make sure you keep the the emphasis on fun. Don't make it uh, so overbearing of training and, and camps and showcases and at this practice and that practice. Additional teams, AAU. You know, even towards the end of my career, AAU started popping up, and it ends up being a year-round thing. You're playing these sports, and it just leads to burnout because it's not fun anymore. You're not looking forward to practice. You're not looking forward to getting better. You end up not even looking forward to games. So, you know, emphasizing fun for the student athlete at that level, you know, making sure they're passionate about it. And, you know, kind of relates back to the goals. You know, make sure their goals are, are this playing. Are they not having fun because you're forcing them to play this sport and they want to play another sport, but you want them to play this because you played it and you enjoy it. You know, make sure that their goals are, are to play this sport and enjoy this one. Um, and, you know, they're having fun because that leads to passion and that leads to peak performance. Um, especially for these student athletes. As it gets older, a little bit of a different scenario, it's something else we could talk about. It, it's fun, but also competitive. But um, strictly for the student athletes, emphasis on fun. So number nine would be interaction. Um, so uh, focusing how you interact with your child. Um, you know, support, um, you know, interactions, positive interactions, um, you know, Make sure you're you're positive, you know, during your interactions. You don't want to be negative and criticizing, right? You want to be positive. Build the self-esteem up. You know, build your support system up. You know, you know, build the love up. Um, you, you criticizing is is a mental breakdown. Uh, you you break the mental framework. You break down the person. Um, so you know, kind of the same thing as you know, emphasizing fun, emphasizing goals. You know, just you want to make sure that the interaction, the communication is positive, um, not negative. Don't criticize. Um, don't make in an interaction that you know 
the child wants to regret getting into or avoids. Um, you want to, you want the interaction to be positive, and you want the interaction or the child to want to, to want to get involved in the interaction, want to have the conversation, express how he feels about the game and the performance. So positive interaction with your child. And the tenth one would be comparisons. Uh, definitely last but not least. Um, and I don't mean comparisons to the NBA player like we talked about earlier, LeBron. I mean par comparisons from one child to another. Um, everybody develops differently. Uh, you know, you have people that are, you know, there are children that are five, five and a half feet or, or six feet at 12 nowadays, um, and then you have others that are, you know, four ten at 12. Um, you know, so everybody is uh, developing differently. Both that's physically, both also developing mentally. Higher IQs, lower IQs. Uh, you know, balancing out to meet in the middle. Um, so comparisons to other one. You know, I you, you need to be a, as gifted as Johnny. You need to do what Johnny does. You need to be as mentally tough as Johnny. Um, everyone develops at a different level physically mentally so you don't want to be comparing to another uh, there's a couple of things like you know then your child is not gonna is gonna hate Johnny because he's gonna think that you as a parent want him to be Johnny or you'd rather have Johnny so you don't you don't want to put them in a situation where they feel like they're now competing against another child um, and you like that child better so you know stay away from the comparisons of you have to do what this child is doing you have to do what this player is doing um, you know this is your child, you want the best for them and the best of their ability, you know, compare them to themselves. Um, this is where you were at 12, this is, this, is, this is your comparison to how you are at 13. You know, you're physically stronger, you're mentally tougher, uh, in terms like that. You never want to be comparing, you know, especially to a teammate too, because now there's a team rift. Um, it, it ruins really team cohesion, it ruins the mental framework of a player. So always keep in perspective, you know, Compare your child to himself, bettering themselves. Don't compare a child to a teammate or another child. Everyone develops at a different level. Um, it, it's right in the forefront. You know, put 10, 12-year-olds next to each other in a line. Every one of them will be different heights, different weights, um, different IQs. If all 10 of them take a test, so you know, keep the focus on you know your child and the best for themselves, and not the comparison to the teammate or another child.